Welcome in now on the program, Mark Zinno, 92.9 The Game out in Atlanta is where you can find his work. He joins us on the BetMGM Rewards Hotline. Mark, your thoughts before we get into football. Aaron Judge hits number 61. Your thoughts on his season? I mean, guys, like, this is simply the greatest non-steroid-aided season we've seen in 60 years. Yeah. And I don't think that's even a debate. I mean, it's just, it, it simply is what it is. I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, when he hits 62, he's the home run king. I'm not going to disregard Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire. I'm not going to do any of that. I'm just simply going to state the fact that this is the greatest non-steroid season we've seen in our lifetimes. And it's not really up for debate at this point in time. Uh, this is amazing. Uh, I think we, as sports fans, should all be happy and blessed that we were able to, to watch this whole thing unfold. I hope he hits one more. Uh, and, and actually, you know, this whole thing is interrupting me watching him, his next at bat in the top of the ninth. I kid, but, uh, nonetheless, I mean, it's just, it's amazing to watch. It's amazing to be part of, uh, you know, for me, it's like with small kids who are Yankee fans, we're all Yankee fans. Cause I'm from New York originally. Like my kids have been in, interested in this whole thing. They're going to be so upset that they were asleep when he hit <laughs> when he hit 61, because they asked me every single day, daddy, did he hit it yet? Did he hit it yet? But I mean, it's that kind of thing. I think that just, you know. Uh, is so amazing about all this. So, uh, and and it it really couldn't have. As much as people hate the Yankees, and I get why, it couldn't have happened to the to a nicer guy, right? Like Aaron Judge is one of those Yankees that genuinely like Jeter, even though you don't want him playing against you. He's just an easy guy to root for all around. Yeah, and people forget too. He's still trying to lock up the triple crown, which he leads all three of those yeah. categories. So he could do that as well. Zeno, let's talk some football though. Browns Falcons intriguing game this weekend, man. And Ryan and I are on opposite sides. I like Cleveland. I just think it's a tough spot for the Falcons. Back-to-back West Coast games. You come home, you play a Cleveland team that played on Thursday against Pittsburgh. Browns are minus one and a half on the road in Atlanta. Total 48 and a half. Pretty much a toss-up game. What are you doing in this one? Interesting to know you have two of the top five rushing teams in the NFL facing off here. Uh, and if you ever thought the Falcons are going to be a top five rushing team at any point in any season, in the last five years, you would have been like, ha, that's never going to happen. Um, but that just goes to show you what Arthur Smith, the head coach of the Falcons, really is capable of. I mean, you can watch so many coaches who do not have their teams prepared. There's Cliff Kingsbury. There's Nathaniel Hackett. There's Zach Taylor. I mean, th- these are coaches that are derelict in preparation on a week-in, week-out basis. And then you have a guy like Arthur Smith who leaves no detail unchecked, leaves no stone unturned, and he is the reason why this roster, which many people ranked as one of the bottom three rosters in the league, has been competitive in all three games that they've been in. Um, they, they've, they've had leads in two of the three games, obviously, with, their, with them winning one. But, you know, that to me speaks to preparation and scheme and coaching. It's the same thing with the Giants and Brian Dayball. Why is that bad roster? Why have they been able to steal two wins and almost got a third one? because the coach is prepared and he knows how to use the guys on the roster. Arthur Smith does the same. This line is that short, not only because it's Jacoby Brissett, but it's also giving a little respect to the Falcons at this point in time that they're going to be competitive in a lot of games this year. I'm asking that same sort of situation for this Cardinals game as well. You look at the Cardinals, they take on the Panthers on the road. Why are the Cardinals one-and-a-half-point dogs? Because it feels like the Carolina Panthers are complete frauds. Yeah, it's a, definitely an interesting line. Um, but uh, again, what do you what do you really want to trust about Arizona at this point in time? I mean, uh, you know, other than the fourth quarter against the Raiders, they've been terrible for the other eleven quarters of football. Mm. They've done nothing positive, and and it's not all DeAndre Hopkins being out. It's just not like there there are other 
major issues there. Even Kyler Murray's out there saying that, you know, hey, we're not getting James Conner the ball enough. Yeah, well, that, again, goes back to coaching. Why are you not calling his number when he's a big part of your offense and when you don't have your best wide receiver? I don't know. Turn to your best running back to actually get something done. Mark, what are your thoughts on this Minnesota Saints game? Obviously, you know, um, right now, I mean, Jameis Winston didn't practice today, says he's going to play on Sunday. The Saints are two-and-a-half-point dogs. Minnesota favored in the game, the total 43-and-a-half. How would you play this one on a neutral field? Uh, I hate London games, uh, and that said, I wouldn't touch this game uh, even if I could reach London. But here's the thing. Why? Because eventually, this is what Jameis Winston is known for, right? As soon as you want to dump on the guy for how bad he's been, you know what he does? Puts together a great game and goes out and wins. And and there's just zero predictability with anything Jameis Winston can do. You've seen nothing but terrible out of him. Eventually, he's going to have a decent game because he's done it his entire career, right? He's done it. He just figures out a way to put a good game together where he doesn't turn the football over. And what better team to do it than the Minnesota Vikings who perpetually are in games that probably against lesser teams that, that they shouldn't be. I mean, you know, they stole a win last week against the Lions, but, you know, some of the play calling from Kevin O'Connell is head-scratching at this point. I thought we solved this problem yeah. for Minnesota once I got rid of Mike Zimmer. But I, I, I was on the Vikings laying the six-and-a-half last week, and I had him in my knockout pool, so I got very lucky. But it was one of those spots where it's like, I'm just watching him like, you got that guy, Dalvin Cook. Give him the damn ball. You know, like they just – there's no real semblance or any like sort of flow to the offensive play calling at times. And you just wonder, you know, it, it, you're, you're continually trying to force the ball to Justin Jefferson – when did the Vikings start moving the ball? I don't know when they threw to the other guy, Adam Thielen, that yeah. nobody was covering. Because, you know, he used to be really good at catching the football and still is. But yet the coach isn't smart enough to go, well, let's go away from Justin Jefferson and feed him all day long and start moving the ball down the damn field. So I don't know offensively what the Vikings are. I expected more from O'Connell given he was coming from the McVay system. But clearly he's not McVay and, and he's got a little bit of ways to go. What do you make of Sunday night game, Kansas City and Tampa? We've seen this line dip. The Chiefs opened up as three-point favorites, two-and-a-half. Now it's down to one. They're a minus 120 on the money line. Tampa's a plus 100. Feels like the Chiefs are going to be a really popular pick. Mahomes coming off a loss, but you also have Brady and the Bucks coming off a loss. Evans comes back. We'll see if they get some more receivers back as well. you have a feeling on what you're doing in this game? Oh, yeah, I do. Over, 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 over. Look at this number. It opened at 44. It's at 45. What's going to happen for Tampa Bay? Not only to get Mike Evans back, but at this point, after four weeks of struggling, they will start to get better as they start to get healthier. And the offensive line that was banged up hasn't played terrible, but they'll start to gel because they've gotten more reps together. They've played more games together. Tampa Bay is going to get to 20 in this thing, and I really feel easily that KC will get to 24. I mean, this just it screams over on Sunday Night Football. To me, I don't think there's any other play. I would probably take the Buccaneers to win the game, especially since a lot of the public is going to jump on this short number with Kansas City. So I'll go the other way, but over is the play for me in this game. It's one of my, one of my favorite plays this week uh, is taking the over in the Sunday Night game. Zeno, let's shift our focus to the college football slate a little bit. We've been talking about Uh, Michigan and Iowa, and just really this rivalry between them. Michigan was, what, a 17-point favorite to Maryland, 17-and-a-half. And, And, you know, they really don't cover even close, come close to covering that number. They're going to Iowa, the total 42-and-a-half. Iowa, really good defense, very suspect offense. Uh, What do you make of this game? Well, I tried to back Michigan last week, and I was very irritated 
at the fact that that offense, you know, didn't perform like it was supposed to. Now, they still got over 200 yards rushing on the ground because they're really good at that. But six teams, guys, have gone into Iowa City at Kinnick Stadium as top five teams. Five of them have lost outright. So, you know, in the last 20 years, whatever it is, I think since 2008. But, I mean, it's just a terrible place to go and play uh, if you are not Iowa. So, I don't know if Michigan's going to lose this game outright, but 10.5 is way too many points for Michigan, especially after that offensive performance against the Maryland team defensively. That was the worst team in the Big Ten last year in defense. They're better this year, Maryland is, but they're not that much better, and they're nowhere near the level of defense that Iowa is. Um, this is a, a, a trap game, if there ever was one, for Michigan right now, going on the road after, after their win at home. Uh, on the struggle bus against Maryland. So I like I like Iowa here to cover the 10.5. Mark, if you had to go with the dog in the SEC this weekend, would you roll with Kentucky, seven-point underdogs on the road against Ole Miss? I'm actually kind of surprised at that one. And then Alabama, 17.5-point favorites. You got Arkansas at home, 17.5-point dogs. Who would you go with, or would you just pass on both of those? Uh, no, I, I, mean, I mean, I'm trying to find... Other than Mississippi State, I'm trying to find a favorite I actually like I know. in the SEC this week. I love Kentucky. At seven, it's an automatic buy point. Yeah. Jump on it now. If there's a seven out there, go get it. Uh, absolutely. And I've even seen 17 and a half pop up um, for Arkansas. Arkansas might win this game outright, guys. I agree. Um, it, it, it's, 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 it, they fought them last year, and they fought them hard in Tuscaloosa. Arkansas's biggest bugaboo in this game, obviously, is their pass defense and can – Alabama take advantage of it. But Arkansas, you know, has more sacks in the nation than Arkansas? Nobody. They can get after the quarterback, and that may make life difficult for Bryce Young because he doesn't have the receiving core this year that he had last year. Jameson Williams ain't running around out there. You know, all those receivers that they had last year, they're not running around out there. So Bryce Young, and you saw this against Texas, doesn't really have a lot of places to throw the ball. Can he still take over this game with his legs and win it with his legs? Sure, he can, but I think Arkansas is well-prepared for this. They should be really ticked off after losing that game to A&M that they shouldn't have lost, frankly. Uh, you know, you get a weird sort of uh, defensive touchdown from A&M that, that made the game a lot closer than it is ever going to be, and then an idiot kicker misses a field goal. So w- with all that together, I think Arkansas should easily cover this number. But I, it's not, there's a money line sprinkle for Arkansas, guys, especially at, at a plus-two-to-one price. Yeah, I think that's a good look. So, you know, we got about two minutes left. Wanted to ask you about this game on Friday night. We've been talking about it a lot. Washington at UCLA. Washington 4-0 this season, but all those games have been at home. And UCLA, their non-conference schedule really just hasn't been that good. So we really don't know what to do with these teams. Washington favored by 2.5 on the road, over under 64.5. Do you have a play in this game? No, because it's very, very sneaky, and it's it, it feels almost trappy um, in that same respect. Like you, as soon as you start to win games, especially the way Washington has won their last two, you know, beaten up on Michigan State and then dumping forty on Stanford again. You, oh, you mentioned all these games at home. It's not like UCLA is necessarily a tough place to play because like nobody goes to UCLA games. That said, I don't like this on a short week for Washington having to go on the road. Uh, for a night game. I know Michael Penix Jr. has been fantastic this year, the quarterback for Washington. He's really looked like that guy that, that took Indiana to a high-level bowl game a couple of years ago uh, when, he was, when he was healthy. So, you know, this guy's passed for over almost 1,400 yards in the first four games of the season, thrown for 12 touchdowns, only one pick, so he's taking care of the football. But this number is that short for a reason. Uh, this is a spot here where UCLA may be able to steal a win uh, against this team. Remember, the other part about UCLA, though, they haven't played anybody, guys. 
I mean, look, look at the teams that they've played along the way. I mean, Colorado doesn't even count. They're barely a power five program at this point in time. Um, and so they haven't had to face a team like Washington. It's a stay away for me just because of the situation and the spot for both of these teams, not really knowing what I'm going to get with UCLA. All that said, it should be a very fun and entertaining contest. Thanks so much, Mark. Good luck this weekend, man, with your picks. Same to you guys. Thanks. Mark Zinno joining us on the BetMGM Rewards Hotline. Every time you make a wager over at BetMGM, you earn BetMGM reward points that can be redeemed for things like free bets and risk-free tokens, or you could convert them to MGM reward points that could be used towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts. Some of those shows may even include Bruno Mars.